Welcome to the Sonship and Sexuality Podcast. I'm Augustine Mendoza, and today we're going to talk about probably the most important aspect of walking in sexual integrity, sonship. The purpose of this podcast is to equip young adults to steward their sexual integrity from a foundation of biblical sonship. Before we talk about how to steward sexual integrity, it is of paramount importance that we understand the foundation of sonship. We must know what it means to steward what God has given to us as sons and daughters. A wise man once said to me, kingdom identity should always precede kingdom activity. Without an understanding of who we are as sons and daughters in the kingdom, our work for the kingdom will quickly become an easy stumbling block for the enemy to use against us. When we serve in the kingdom of God, we can either serve as a spiritual son or as a spiritual slave, a spiritual daughter or a spiritual slave. The outward presentation of the person may look very similar, but the difference is the internal motivation, the heart of the person. Over time, it becomes very clear which of the two a person is. If you want to spend your life walking in sexual integrity, it is going to take a constant leaning into the understanding of what it means to be a spiritual son or a spiritual daughter. 1 Peter 1 verses 14 through 16 reads, Like obedient children, do not be informed to the desires that you had formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, Be holy yourselves in all your conduct, for it is written, you shall be holy as I am holy. As children of the kingdom, we are called to represent the Holy One by living in holiness. Our sexual integrity can be a testimony, a huge billboard in life, that there is a holy king and those that submit themselves to him can be clean, pure, blameless, and made whole. And it doesn't stop there. Those that give their lives to him are welcomed into the family of God. They have a seat at the king's table. They're welcomed into conversation, into intimacy with the king. They receive refreshing living water for their dry and weary souls. They receive the bread of life to strengthen and sustain them. They automatically join the largest family in history and are welcomed by countless brothers and sisters. They are given the spirit to help them grow in love, power, and self-control. Their lives become centered on kingdom purpose, no longer controlled by emotions or culture or the goals of society. Instead, they're given a commission to bring others into the family. At the sound of this amazing gift, man, who wouldn't want to receive it? But this is where the heart of a spiritual son or a spiritual slave is tested. A person's response is often, how do I receive this gift of sonship? How can I be welcomed into this family? Shame often has the quickest response in our minds. Shame's response says things like, you earn your place in this family. Our hearts often ponder this response and think that this should be true. After all, hard work always precedes anything that's worth having, right? You want to win the championship? You have to practice your butt off to get it. You want to graduate with honors? You have to study above and beyond everyone else. You want to have that new car? You have to work some extra hours at a pretty crummy job, but you got to work those extra hours to make money to buy that car. You earned that championship. You earned 
that honors. You earned that car. Therefore, shame rationalizes with you, saying you must earn your place in the family of God. It's how the world works. This is shame's strategy to keep you as a spiritual slave. Shame uses a bit of common sense from how the world works and combines it with your dirtiness from sin and shame and keeps you from coming to the table. Shame often whispers, you want to be in the family of God? Have your sins cleansed? Be part of a family like that? You got to clean yourself up if you want that privilege. After all, what would it look like if you showed up at the king's table looking like that, looking like garbage, looking like filth? You've got that sinful porn habit. Your, your mind is, is dominated by lustful thoughts or, or you think this about her or you think this about him. You can't come to the table like that. Thus starts a cycle of spiritually pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. You, you work on yourself hard enough. If, if you don't watch porn for this number of days, if, if you stop having those thoughts, only then can you be welcomed into the family of God. After all, Jesus died for you, so you ought to clean yourself up. And, and as a way of thanking him, you clean yourself up, you pull yourself up and say, I'm going to do this for Jesus. Shame always emphasizes your works over the power of his grace. Let me say that again. Shame always emphasizes your works over the power of his grace. The heart of a spiritual slave always feels that they need to earn their way into the father's house. Or that although they have been accepted initially into the Father's house, now they have to earn their keep. They have to earn their place if they want to stay. However, we see in Scripture that when we accept Jesus as Lord, when we repent and come to him, we are automatically made a new creation. In Romans 6 verse 11, Paul writes, Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in God, in Jesus Christ. I want you to notice a few things from this verse. First of all, Paul does not tell us to die to sin, which would be a command. Nor does he tell us that we are dying to sin, which is a process. Instead, Paul says we are dead to sin. That's a fact. We are dead to sin and we are alive in Christ. That is a fact. Romans 6.11, look it up. This verse strikes at the heart of who we are as sons and daughters. You see, we are no longer defined by our sinful past or our present struggles with sin. We belong to the family of God. We belong to sonship. This is who we truly are. The lies of the enemy, the lust of our flesh, the sinful temptations that we face all try to to make us go back to the old creation, our old selves, our, our, our fleshly selves. That's who the enemy wants us to go back to. But actually, instead, we have to realize we are a new creation. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 21. Listen to these words. Just close your eyes, listen, and allow the heart of sonship from these verses to sink in deep to your heart. Paul writes, so if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything, everything has become new. 
All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses, their sin, their dirt against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In these verses, Paul says that those of us that have given our lives to Jesus and repented of our sins have now become the righteousness of God. You are a son. You are a daughter. Period. No further action on your part to ensure your place at the table. You are welcomed and you are loved. If you deal with shame on a consistent basis, you're not alone. I've been there. And if it's based on past mistakes or even due to a current struggle with a sinful habit, maybe you're locked up with pornography or masturbation or or those thoughts that just keep coming back no matter how hard you try, I challenge you to silence the lies of shame by reading and praying and internalizing this scripture. Rebuke the lie and speak the truth of God's word over your life. There's power in prayer. There is power in the scripture. And until we internalize this reality as sons and daughters, we will continually be bound by shame. But here's the good news. God's grace does not just overcome the guilt of sin. It overcomes the grip of sin. You can be free not only from the guilt, but the grip. Let me say it again. God's grace does not just overcome the guilt of sin. It overcomes the grip of sin. When I struggled with pornography and felt like such a a shameful failure in the eyes of Jesus, when I would fall or I'd mess up or I'd get caught up in this cycle, I often had to turn to scriptures like this to remind myself how God sees me a son, loved, forgiven, and always close to Jesus. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He is faithful and patient, and he works with me in my sanctification process, in my process of becoming like him. He doesn't wait at the finish line telling me to hurry up, but he's walking with me along the journey of sanctification. I had to realize that He knew what he signed up for when he died for me. And as he dwells with me in my brokenness, he walks with me. One of the most powerful revelations that I had in my struggle with pornography was simply this. Jesus lives with me, dwells with me in my brokenness. Jesus is with me in my darkness. He's with me in my brokenness. He's with me in all of my mess. He doesn't leave me, forsake me, or get disgusted with me. God was never disgusted with me as I struggled. He is patient, faithful, always near. Even when I didn't think he was, even when it didn't feel like he was, he was right there. Jesus, our standard, the one who we want to be like, he has sent the Holy Spirit to help us become like him. Because I like sports, I often 
have this mental picture that helps me as I, as I was walking through my struggle with pornography. I would often like to think of Jesus as the prize, the goal, the standard. And then he sent the Holy Spirit as my coach, helping me, training me, and always with me as I sought to reach the standard, reach the goal to be like Jesus and the Holy Spirit. God himself is working with me in my brokenness and my fallenness to help me become more like Jesus. Only when we realize that God is with us in our brokenness, in our sexual temptation, in our pornography habit, in our depraved mind, can we understand how to live from the foundation of sonship. As a son or as a daughter, he's not watching you struggle from a distance. He's right there in the middle of the struggle with you. Holy Spirit's right next to you as a good coach, comforting you, challenging you, pushing you, molding you, and shaping you to be more like Jesus. He's not forgotten about you. He's not left you. He's right there in the middle of your struggle. Just lean into him. Lean into that promise of sonship that Jesus has offered you. To truly be free from the snare of sexual sin, we must first know our foundation of sonship. Many fight for their identity as a son or as a daughter, thinking if they're good enough, they can be a worthy son or daughter. This is an unbiblical fight. Hear me. This is an unbiblical fight. We cannot fight for our place in the family of God. We must learn to fight from our understanding that we are sons and daughters. Already redeemed, cleansed by the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. We must receive this and then live from it. We must live from sonship, not for sonship. Again, we have to rewire our minds. We got to live from sonship, not for sonship. As we kind of close out today's episode, I wanted to kind of give you two reflective questions that maybe you're hearing this and it's a lot of information or it's some thoughts that you had never thought of before. And so I wanted you to have two reflection questions that as we finish out, you can kind of ask these to yourself and maybe eventually you can discuss these with a good friend or a mentor, a pastor, someone that you're close to. So here are the two questions. The first question is this, are you living with the mentality of a slave or the mentality of sonship? Do you feel that you need to earn your place or do you feel that you are living from the place of acceptance? The second question I want you to ponder is when you mess up, when you fall into sin, when, when you go back into that pattern, what is the immediate response that you feel? Is it shame, guilt, anger, frustration? I want you to take those feelings or those emotions, the first thoughts that come up in your mind, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to take them to the foot of the cross. The foot of the cross can be the foot of your bed, it could be a closet in your room. It could just be on the other side of your bedroom door. It could be out in the middle of a field, up by a tree, wherever you find your cross. I just want you to get down on a knee and I want you to say, God, I feel shame. I feel guilt. I feel anger or frustration or whatever you're feeling. And I just want you to say, God, this is what I feel. And I submitted at the foot of the cross. You died so I wouldn't have to carry this. Remind me of who I am as a son. Remind me of who I am as a daughter. And help me live from the place 
of sonship. So reflect on these two questions. Run to the cross if you need to. Go and take that stuff to the cross because you don't have to carry it anymore. You don't have to walk in shame. You don't have to walk in guilt. He died for that, so give it to him. Submit it to him and allow him to speak the identity of sonship into your heart. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Sonship and Sexuality Podcast. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram for content feedback or specific topics or questions that you may want me to address in future episodes. Also remember that if you would like to try a free month of Covenant Eyes, you can still use my promo code um, for a free month trial. Um, Just go to my Instagram bio. It's right there. Um, The promo code is in the description, so you can just find it, Mendoza30. Um, I'd love for you to use Covenant Eyes so you have a practical tool to help you if you're struggling with pornography or lust in regards to your media intake on your phone, your laptop, your tablet, whatever. Um, So I hope this episode was helpful for you and I just pray grace and peace over you as we finish out today's episode. God bless you.